Welcome back to the Like a Bigfoot podcast. I'm your host, Chris Ward. Uh, super excited for this week's episode. We are sitting down with the uh, host of the Do Big Things podcast and also the creator of Big Things Crewing, uh, Adam McRoberts. Um, I got to meet Adam this summer at the stage race. Uh, he came out, kind of supported a bit uh, towards the end of the of the race, which was super cool. Uh, he had a very unique perspective of coming into that group uh, halfway through the week after everyone's kind of bonded. So that was interesting. Um, but after meeting him and listening to his podcast, I just I wanted to sit down and kind of chat with him. Um, and here's why, honestly, I I think Adam represents the idea of supporting other people. Um, if you listen, if you figure out what big things crewing is, and we'll get into that here, um, it's all about pacing, supporting, crewing, and really just kind of uh, pushing people along as they work towards whatever gigantic, ginormous goal that they have. Uh, and I just love that idea. Like, I think there's there's kind of a perception that ultra running or some of these big time endurance sports are a solo effort. Um, but they so rarely are, uh, so many times people need to be surrounded by great knowledgeable people to kind of guide them and push them through their really tough moments. Um, which Adam does and, and everything over at big things crewing everyone, everyone really does that there, which I think is, is really, really cool. Um, so yeah, and I was excited to kind of jump into his journey into ultra running. Uh, he has fought MMA, so we get into that for quite a while, which I'm always fascinated by. Like, could you imagine walking down to the ring to fight another uh, human being? Like, what are the nerves like for that? Um, so that was that was really interesting as well. So anyways, guys, let's just jump right into this. Um this is the Like a Bigfoot podcast number 266 with the host of the Do Big Things podcast, Adam McRoberts. Dude, I'm super psyched to sit down and talk with you and kind of just geek out about ultra running and, and all things adventure, man. That's a feather in my cap, dude. Like you're, you're talking to the right guy. So no, man, I appreciate you having me on. Uh, I'm a fan of the show and I'm a fan of everything you're, you're currently working on right now. So this is exciting for me, man. I love it. Yeah. You were out there. You were out there for our, for our filming and stuff, dude. I know. Yeah, Experienced a couple of days of it. You know, it was weird. I didn't really think about it until later on, but um, you know, we came in late to the desert rats and we experienced like, yeah, the last few days we were there volunteering and helping out, but it really feels like now that I look back on it, like we were jumping on a moving train, like that train was already moving by the time we got there and we just kind of cruised right in. And all of a sudden it's like, boom, all right, time to work. We, we got stuff to do here. We got runners to take care of, you know, and, it, but what a great experience, man. It was so cool. Yeah. What was that experience? Cause most people who experience it, you know, are there at the beginning and it's the weirdness of not knowing anybody, but you came like in the, like towards the end where it's like, everyone's kind of already meshed. Like, did you feel that at all? I did, man. I did. And, uh, you know, I didn't really have any expectations going into it, 
but everyone was super, super friendly, like yourself. You just came up and introduced yourself, you know, and I appreciated that. And, you know, everybody else really kind of did the same. Like, you know how everybody in ultra running is really friendly, but then we had this group out there at Desert Rats. It was like the friendliest of the friendly, you know, everybody was just so cool. And uh, yeah, I try, you know, I'm, I'm usually pretty low key dude. So I just kind of tried to float into the situation without saying too much and figured I'd start meeting people as the days roll by. And, but people noticed that I was like the new guy there. They're like, Oh, you know, who, who's this? And so, um, but no, man, like I said, everybody was, was so friendly and uh, I wanted to ask you, how is uh, your project coming along? Yeah, man. We, uh, so I'm, uh, I just finished, cataloging all the footage and now we're going to start editing it. So dude, it's a long, it's a long process, but I feel like ultra doing ultras has prepared me for sustained goals, you know, because if you think about an ultra dude, like it's not just race day, it's the months leading up to it where you have this goal in the back of your mind the whole entire time. And Mm -hmm. it's, it's been very similar to that, but I have to say like, even like the hours and hours I've spent just watching the footage and describing it, like I'm the whole time, I'm just sitting there with a smile on my face. Like I'm yeah. just super excited, man. <laughs> oh, dude. Yeah. I know it's going to take a while to put the thing together, but I'm looking forward to seeing it, man. I'm, I'm really excited for you. It's yeah. So it'll cool. be cool. Your van's going to pop up just so. Oh, really? Know. Sweet. Oh, yeah, man. Your van says <laughs> do big things on it. I love it's it. Awesome. I love it. <laughs> But I wanted to ask you, like, you've obviously been an athlete, you know, doing these races. Um, you've been a crew member. You've, pro- you've been a pacer. You've done, like, really everything there is to do in the ultra, like, community. When you talk about the community aspect, right? Like, supporting people in- as well. I wanted to hear kind of, like, I guess to start, like, big things crewing like how did that how did you start that why did you start it and what has that experience been like yeah for sure um so we officially started the company in 2019 but going way back probably gosh a decade and a half before that i just had it in my mind that i wanted to do big things and I, I would say that was a, a slogan of mine way back then and you know i was just a kid in wisconsin you're from Wisconsin too, aren't you? No, I'm from Iowa, man. Oh, you're but from Iowa. my dad yeah. lives in Wisconsin. So okay. Okay. Where, are you, where are you from in Wisconsin? From Janesville. Janesville. Okay. He lives like Northwoods, like almost okay. Upper Peninsula, Michigan. Okay. This is way deal. south. Okay. Yeah. But, but uh, Midwest, Midwest respect, you know? Totally. <laughs> totally. You and me, brother. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like I always wanted to do these big things and I didn't even really have any idea of what that was or what that looked like. I wasn't a runner. I wasn't really into any sort of big things. I just sort of had it in my head that eventually I want to do big things with my life and get to a point where I'm inspiring other people and able to help other people. So, um, yeah, fast forward, uh, 2019, I ran the high lonesome 100 with a buddy of mine and, uh, he was pacing me and everything was just clicking so well. Like the two of us just know each other really, really well. And it's like, we didn't have to ask, like, what do you need at the next aid station? It's like, we just kind of had this system down and it just went so well. And afterwards we just kind of looked at each other and thought, you know, I wonder if there's any way to like make a business out of this, you know, not necessarily to make money, but just to almost like pass our knowledge along. 
Like I'd been, I'd, at the time I'd been running ultras like 10 years, like 12 years now. So I've got some miles under my belt and I've got a few tricks up my sleeve and it's like, is there any way I can pass this knowledge on? And so we started this company, Big Things Crewing, with our slogan being do big things. We want to help people do big things. And so with our business, we provide uh, coaching, mainly for like ultra marathon or, or any type of running and then pacing and crewing. So if someone is, for instance, most of the people that are reaching out to us are people from out of state, like people from Texas, uh, Tennessee, they're coming to say, do the Leadville 100, which is coming up in two weeks. Yeah. And uh, they don't know anybody out here yeah. and they need a pacer and, yeah. you know, they might be able to fly a couple people out there or it might actually just be cheaper just to bring us out. So um, yeah, Leadville's coming up in a couple of weeks. We're pacing six or seven people out there. And, uh, it's going to be so much fun, man. So it's like, you know, you're not really a part of the race, but you get to be there. You get to experience it all. You get to cheer runners on and hopefully, you know, help people achieve their dreams and get across that finish line. Yeah. How many people do you have in your, in your business? You know, like you yeah. just talked about pacing six or seven people. Like yeah. you can't, you can't do that all at once, you know? No, no. <laughs> yeah. We hired out just to pretty much take care of those people just based on referrals. Yeah. But eventually what we want to do is just build this thing up to, to a, a pretty big point where we have a, a lot of people just kind of in a Rolodex and like, say someone from Utah gets a hold of us and says, I want to do the bear 100. Do you have anybody? Maybe we have somebody in Utah or out on yeah. the Western slope and they want to go out that way and get a big training run in and, you know, we'll pay them a couple bucks to do it. So, um, yeah, so it's still kind of a new business for us, but it's been really just rewarding and fun and, yeah, I just I love everything about it. I yeah, love man. everything about ultra marathon, man. <laughs> well, I want to hear I I want to hear some like tales from that, but I want to kind of take you back for a second. You're you're talking about being like a a kid growing up in Wisconsin and I'm just curious like in Wisconsin cuz I probably had a similar experience, right? Like what is like a big thing or like an adventure look like to a kid growing up in Wisconsin? Like, can you yeah. even comprehend what you've been, what you've, what you're doing now? Um, well, back in those days, you know, I was working, I was working as a structural welder at the time, like drinking too much. So like working in this factory, a lot of hours, and then just going to the bar afterwards and just yeah. kind of not necessarily making the best decisions, but kind of, just hanging in there, I guess. And yeah, like I said, I kind of had this idea that I wanted to do big things with my life. So like, I remember the first time I went and bought a pair of hiking boots, you know, and I'm just yeah. like, I got these hiking boots now, I guess maybe I'm going to go for a hike or something. So, you know, in Wisconsin, there's a, there's some pretty trails out there. And I went up to devil's Lake and I remember I, I hiked uh, the circumference of the devil's Lake. And I'm just thinking to myself, well, I don't know, maybe I'll be a hiker, you know? And, uh, you know, another summer I biked down, um, Wisconsin from the, the pretty much from the top to the bottom. Yeah. And, uh, you know, got really involved in like martial arts classes back in Wisconsin. And, um, like I said, I didn't really have any direction. I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do, but yeah. I was just willing to go out and just try stuff, you know? Dude. Yeah, man. So when, like, I mean, even taking it back a step further, like, were you outdoorsy, like adventurous as a kid, like. I don't know. I just, I know having just traveled to Wisconsin too, like there's a whole bunch of outdoor activities, but it's not like the same 
outdoorsy stuff as there is in Colorado. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, not even close. Yeah. (laughs) Um, but one big inspiration for me was my dad was, uh, um, a competitive road cyclist. And so when I was a kid, I remember he had this really nice bike. It was a Peugeot and it was like, it was like hands off the Peugeot. Like, (laughs) you know, if you ask me and there's a special occasion, you can ride my bike, but otherwise hands off the Peugeot type of thing, you know? And, uh, And I would go for bike rides with him and I just learned to respect, uh, biking long distances at a, at a pretty early age. And, uh, so, I mean, I was outdoorsy in in the sense that like, yeah, as a kid playing outside and stuff like that. But, um, I remember my dad doing bike races and, uh, handing off water bottles to him and stuff like that as a kid. And then, uh, eventually, um, he was doing some cross country skiing and he signed up for this race called the Berkabiner. Like yeah, man. Cross country oh, yeah. ski races. I've heard of the Berkabiner. That would, that's in, uh, is that in Hayward, Wisconsin? Hayward. There you go. That's exactly yeah. where I just was. My cousin has oh, a really? cabin up there. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Nice. So yeah, he signed up for that. And, um, I remember he, he, you know, he came back from that and I asked him how it was, you know, I was just a kid and, and he said, uh. Well, I think it was the hardest thing I've ever done. And I just, I thought, well, that's cool. Like he took vacation time off of his job and went with his friend to go do the hardest thing he ever did. And that just stuck in my head, man. And I guess in a way I've always, since then, I've been looking for the hardest thing I've ever done. (laughs) No, I love that too. Cause you think like, you know, you're going to see someone take vacation and just chill out and relax. You're kind of probably like, weirdly fascinated like why would you why would you take vacation and do something super hard right but but that's it man like i mean that's what i i really love that whole concept i just think it's kind of hard for people to wrap their heads around sometimes yeah yeah um but yeah that was a big inspiration for me so yeah played outdoors and stuff like that a lot i ran a little bit i played sports a little bit but i wasn't competitive i wasn't good i had no natural talents or inclinations for any sort of sport. Um, but, um, yeah, just kind of, uh, you know, and I ran, like I said, I ran a little bit and I did have a a coach once that said, I think you're a long distance runner. Yeah. And, uh, so he, and I went to this really small private school and there was only like 10 of us in track or something like that. And I was the only long distance guy and he'd set up this course for me and it was like a mile and I'd go out and run it by myself. And, um, I always wonder if, if he hadn't have told me, I think you're a long distance guy, if it ever would have clicked in my brain, because him telling me that ultimately changed the direction of my life, even though I was 13, 14 years old, you know, and, uh, thankfully I was able to thank him for that before he passed away. Oh but, man, uh, that's sweet. Oh yeah. But he, you know, he taught me a lot and turned me on to like lifting weights and, uh, you know, running long distance. And, uh, yeah, I was a young kid, but it sort of changed my life. Yeah. I'm going to start my school year this year with all the 13 year olds. I'm going to tell every single one of them that just in case <laughs> you, <I'm> should. Just... <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're really good at long distance yeah. running. You I'm should. hedging my bets on oh, everybody. <laughs> in 10 years, they'll be knocking on your door going, thank you, Mr. Thank Ward, you, man. There's like a hundred <laughs> of them out there. You're like, yeah, I got you all. Uh, no, um, dude, that's, that's super cool. I do want to hear about, you mentioned, uh, doing like MMA or, or fighting a little bit. I want to hear about that because that's always, you know, that's just, that's a whole different ball game of, of craziness and suffering and what it is. is. Are you a fan of the sport? Um, 
I definitely like, I'm a fan of any sport really. Like you put me in front of the, we're watching the Olympics right now. Like any sport, even if I know nothing after like 10 minutes, I'm like yelling at the TV, (laughs) like giving them advice. And my wife's like, you don't know anything about water polo. I'm like, yeah, but like that guy was open. Anyways, so I, I do, I enjoy watching MMA. I just, I don't watch like every single pay-per-view or anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I've done some MMA. I haven't done a lot of fights, but uh, my biggest thing was uh, I was really into jujitsu. Yeah. So growing up, I, I wanted to be Bruce Lee, right? I wanted <laughs> to do karate. I wanted to do taekwondo. I was yeah. watching all the kung fu movies. I was completely obsessed as a kid. And uh, so that's kind of what I practiced all in my spare time. And then in 1993 was the very first UFC, UFC 1. And uh, there was a, a small, slender Brazilian guy with yep. wearing a gi named Hoist Gracie that came in and dominated everyone with uh, jujitsu, which was like ground grappling. And that was the opposite of what I'd been studying. And it kind of blew my mind like, whoa, this grappler comes in. And I thought for sure the Taekwondo guys were going to kill everybody, you know? Yeah. And well, I, they I like, thought, they brought people from different specialties in that yeah. first one and put Remember, them all in like, a tournament together. Sumo versus yeah. boxer and just the, the craziest stuff. There's one guy in there with one boxing glove on. Like, <laughs> it was nuts, dude. <laughs> that was in Boulder, right? Am I correct about that? Uh, it might, yeah, it might've been. I gotta check. I gotta double check. I'm referencing my friend's high school senior paper about the start of UFC and not like, let me see. Hold on. Yeah. UFC one. UFC one. I swear to you in my friend's high school paper, it said Boulder, Colorado. I thought it was Denver, but you might be right. Oh, it was Denver. Dang Denver. it. I knew okay. it was somewhere out here, but yeah. anyway, sorry. Yeah. Go ahead. No. <laughs> so, I mean, that just opened my eyes to, uh, you know, there's more out there. Um, I don't know anything on the ground. If, if some, if I get in a street fight and some dude takes me down, yeah. none of my karate is going to work. Like, you know, so I knew I had to learn this stuff. So I got really interested in it. And, uh, there was, uh, I went to this martial arts school and the very last class of the evening would be jujitsu and all these big guys would come in and a lot of them were like cops and they were like big 200 pound dudes and stuff. But I could tell that these are the tough guys of the school and I need to be working with these guys. And so dude, when I started jujitsu, I'm not kidding, man. I got beat up so bad for the first year. Like I was the smallest guy in there. I don't think I tapped anybody for a year. I just got beat up so bad. And I don't know why, but I just thought if I, if I stick with this, I think there's something here, you know, and eventually I started getting a little bit better and then start, started studying at other schools and, and whatnot. And, uh, so funny story about the MMA was, uh, talking about doing big things. This, this is in a way kind of how it all started. Uh, there was a buddy of mine that um, came in and, and he wanted to learn jujitsu. And at this time I was teaching a few classes and stuff. And I worked with this guy for probably about a year and a half and basically almost taught him everything I knew within this year and a half. And then he decided he wanted to go fight an MMA fight. And he won this fight with everything I had taught him. Right. Yeah. And just like walked through this guy and made it look so easy. And I'm just like, dude, like this guy doesn't know anything more than I know. And he just demolished this guy. And so him and I came up with a bet and it was, if he runs a trail marathon with me, which I didn't (laughs) think he would be able to do, then I would fight an MMA fight with him. (laughs) Okay. So I wasn't completely green. Like I'd been studying martial arts for quite a few years, but, uh, 
I didn't think he'd be able to do that trail marathon, but sure enough, man, he hung in there and he finished it. And I'm like, oh, you got to be kidding me. So I got to fight somebody. <laughs> <laughs> that's an amazing so, like bet. That's oh, dude, <laughs> it was, it was incredible, but you know, the bet changed both of our lives, really. I mean, yeah. it got us into these whole other worlds. And uh, so, yeah, I fought a couple amateur fights and, you know, won one, lost one, uh, you know, never was knocked out or choked out. When I lost, I just lost by points and um, loved it, had a blast. But, um, you know, I never felt myself like a, a, a real fighter, you know, yeah. I'm not... I didn't have like that big brother that was always beating me up. I don't have a lot of anger that makes me want to punch people's faces in. I really enjoyed the jujitsu aspect of it and getting in there and demonstrating technique. You know, if somebody takes me down, I can work from the bottom and get a choke yeah. in. Yeah. So, um, I mean, I was really, really just fascinated with the whole sport and, and trying to use these little leverages to, to win, you know, like I said, um, I wasn't necessarily the biggest guy in class. I was actually pretty, probably the smallest guy and um, just hung in there and just fell in love with it. That's so, cool, man. Yeah. I love that uh, like perseverance there, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Dude, what, how, what do the butterflies feel like when you're about to jump in and fight somebody? The butterflies. Yeah. Like the butterflies in your stomach where you're like, oh, like <laughs> okay, dude. <laughs> It was insane, man. <laughs> so um, I'm backstage, right? And we're getting yeah. ready for this thing. And uh, I'm, I'm pretty cool. I'm pretty level-headed for the most part, and I'm keeping it cool. And uh, finally, it's time for me to fight. They're, they're calling my name. And, and my coach pulls me up, and he goes, okay, it's time. And uh, we walk out to the cage, and he just slaps me about 10 times as hard as he can just to, like, wake me up because he didn't <laughs> think I was awake, you know? And I was, I was awake, but, um, <laughs> yeah, when I walked into the cage, man, it was like almost out of body experience. Like I was extremely nervous, like more nervous than I've ever been, but I'm trying to play it super cool, you know? And then, yeah, you don't want the other dude to see that you're nervous. No, not at all. I'm playing it cool. And the other guy comes in and they lock the cage doors and I'm just like, oh dude, like this is for real. Like there's a ref in here so that we don't kill each other, but otherwise we're trying to kill each other, you know, <laughs> it was nuts, dude. That's and crazy. As soon as I got punched in the face, I just woke right up and I'm like, okay, this is a fight here. Here we go. Yeah. So, yeah. It kind of like took you. It's, it's weird, man. It's like the anticipation that is way harder than once it actually gets going. Oh yeah. Big time. Yeah. And see, that's the thing. Like if you get in a street fight, it's one thing, but when you set a date on the calendar, yeah. three months out, you're going to be fighting this dude and he's training for you too. He's training hard. You don't know yeah. how hard he's training. And I'm just at home laying in my bed at night going, he might be out running right now. I got to <laughs> get out running right now. You know, I want to work harder than this guy. So yeah, just having that date on the calendar and it's slowly approaching, oh, dude, it was, it messed with me big time, but yeah, hung in there, persevered. And, um, you know, uh, it was one of the greatest moments of my life, really, honestly. Yeah. yeah. Well, so how does that compare to having like the Leadville 100 or like you did Kettle Moraine, right? Like, was that your first 100? Yeah, it was. So how does that like, you, it's similar, right? Like you put a date on the calendar, it's approaching now instead of another human being trying to destroy you, it's the trail 
that is trying to destroy you. Like, how does that, like, what's that comparison like? Um, I would say it barely compares. <laughs> yes. Because <laughs> I was so nervous to go in there and fight this dude that was trained up in front of all my friends and family. With, and I'm just wearing a pair of shorts. <laughs> like, I might get knocked out in the first punch. I might crap my pants in front of everybody. Like I was worried about everything, of course, you know, and then, yeah, sign up, sign up for a hundred mile race. Um, you know, I knew that I had a really, really tough day ahead of me, but walking up to the starting line is like no nerves. Cool Dude, as a cucumber. I'm glad you said that. If you, if you would have said you were as nervous, I would have <laughs> I was like, no way. Dude. Not even close. But that being said, you might crap your pants in a hundred miler. Oh, totally. <laughs> it might not be in front of everybody. It'll just be you on the trail. <laughs> it could happen. Yeah, dude. So yeah, man, take me through that progression. Like you eventually got into trail running then mm -hmm. in the midst of, of what you just probably described, like kind of coincided, right? Yeah. Um, and then when did like the ultra bug get you? Yeah. So, um, so right around that time, I was also training for an Ironman. So I signed up for an Ironman. And, you know, when you sign up for an Ironman, you sign up a year, exactly a year ahead of time. Yeah. You know, so again, I have a year to train for this thing. And um, as I'm training for this, I discovered trail running, just like out training on the weekends. I started running on trails and thought, well, this is really cool, man. And then jumped into a couple 50Ks and you know how it goes. You, you jump yeah. in and, you know. At a triathlon, you make like almost no friends whatsoever. You go to an ultra marathon, a 50K or something, you walk away with 10 new best friends that are your best friends for life, you know? <laughs> and uh, I just fell in love with it. So by the time I got to Kettle 100, um, I just, I had some really good crew, really good pacers. And, uh, you know, we, we sat down and told each other, no matter what, I'm getting to the finish line. You guys got to help me. If, if yeah. that means, if that means lying to me, let's get me into the finish. You guys have my permission to do whatever. Like this is the goal today. Let's make it happen. So that was the first 100 and uh, yeah, there's a little bit of throwing up, but we got it done. <laughs> <laughs> what, uh, what's the ultra or like trail running community like in Wisconsin, like in, in that area? It wasn't, it wasn't bad. Um, Kettle Moraine is a really nice race. Uh, um, a hundred mile course. They have a hundred K there as well. And it's on a lot of the same trails that the ice age 50 is on. Okay. And that's all in the Kettle Moraine state forest. Um, it's really pretty out there, rolling Hills, tough course. And, uh, I did a couple 50 milers called the dances with dirt, which uh, you know, I think they've changed the course since then, but Back in those days, it was awesome because you went up on both bluffs on both sides of Devil's Lake, and it was a beautiful course. But, um, you know, the, the trail running community is thriving around there. I worked at a running store after a while in, in Wisconsin and uh, made a lot of friends in the running community. And, you know, we were doing uh, group runs uh, once or twice a week, and they all knew kind of what I was training for, and they were all supportive. So um, it was actually pretty cool. Yeah. That's awesome. Man. I mean, I looked at devil's Lake when you mentioned it and it looks, yeah. it looks pretty awesome, dude. I mean, that's the thing, man. It's, it's beautiful out there in a way that's completely different than Colorado a completely different than the East coast, but it's still just as like mind blowingly gorgeous. Totally. Know? 
Yeah. You get yeah. those sunsets over those lakes and you're just like, dang, this is nuts. Yeah. 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 But like, uh, that, that run at devil's Lake, you know, it starts going up and down ski slopes there, yeah. you know, yeah. <laughs> cause that's what you need for vert. You got to run up ski Hills or something in Wisconsin and, uh, yeah, you know, super hot, humid in the summertime. So you got to deal with the humidity, but, um, dude, yeah, are you dealing blast. with, are you dealing with bugs? I got swarmed, man, like oh, swarmed. Yeah. And I'm going to be honest, like, I had a timer on my phone for, it was just on this like snowmobile four wheel drive or four wheeler trail. And my dad's like, you should go out there. That's where I ride the four wheeler. I'm like, cool. That's awesome. Like, that'd be really fun. Explore the woods in a one minute. I was swarmed with bugs. Really? And I had 30 minutes. I was doing 30 minutes out, 30 minutes back. And I barely made it through that hour like, <laughs> without losing my mind <laughs> oh they're so bad in wisconsin especially northern wisconsin man yeah they're horrible so is it not that bad like not as bad where you were at? um i would say not as bad because yeah. i remember going up to hayward and i remember one one time uh we were out camping and somebody set a pair of shoes outside the car and before long you couldn't see the shoes they were covered <laughs> in so many bugs <laughs> so up north i definitely think it's worse but yeah, my, my theory back in those days was just run fast enough so the bugs can't get you, you know? <laughs> That's the only way to do it, man. But then, then you have to stop and go to the bathroom. And it's oh, yeah. Old thing, yeah. man. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so that's awesome. I just saw your uh, Instagram post with your picture. Uh, and I was trying to find it real quick. You said, nine years ago, I moved here with a pickup truck full of stuff and my dog. My only plan was to run the Leadville 100 and figure everything out afterwards. Yeah. So I got to hear about all of that, man. So yeah. like eventually you sign up for Leadville and, and then you, did you know you were moving to Colorado after that or what? Um, so going back a little bit, I had hiked one 14er with a friend on a random trip to Colorado one time and Ooh, it just one? quandary. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Quandary Peak was my first one. Yeah. I didn't even know what a 14er was at the time. And that just stuck in my head. Like, man, that was really, really, really cool, man. I just loved it. I felt a real connection to the mountains. And I couldn't explain it because, you know, I'm just a kid from Wisconsin. Yeah. So, um, so I had wanted to move out here for a while. And as a Wisconsin guy, I actually came out here for two months and lived in my truck and climbed all the 14ers and then had to go back and get no a way. job. You yeah. climbed all of them? All except for like six or eight. Okay. But, but you like, climbed a bunch of them oh, in yeah. two months. That's yeah. nuts, dude. Yeah. I was just like nailing like average of one a day, sometimes a couple a day. And then uh, eventually like it was turning into September and I was losing the season. Yeah. And, uh, at that time I actually wanted to move out to Colorado, but, um, you know, I had other responsibilities in Wisconsin. So I eventually had to go back, get a job. And I hung out in Wisconsin for another four years before I finally moved out here. But when I moved out here, um, yeah, it was literally just that, like me, my pickup truck full of my stuff, real minimal, my dog. And we came out here about 10 days before Leadville. And my plan was just to acclimate for those 10 days, go up and down a bunch of 14ers and just get ready for, you know, the biggest day of my life. Right. And then, uh, after that race, um, I moved into my second floor apartment the day after in Boulder. <laughs> <laughs> so after a hundred miles on my legs, I'm just wrecked. And the next day I'm moving stuff upstairs to my, to my first apartment in Boulder. You know, what makes <laughs> moving worse. You're like, what could make moving a worse experience right now? 
<laughs> run Leadville yesterday. <laughs> That's awesome. That'll do it. Well, so will you tell me a little bit about the Leadville course? Like I have a friend, Tim, who you met at Deseret's yeah. Tim Bar. He, yeah. that's his like favorite, absolute favorite course in the whole world. Like, can mm. you kind of describe a little bit of it? Yeah. Yeah. It, I wouldn't say it's my favorite course, but it is definitely my favorite race. Um, you know, and I've done Western States and I've done a handful of other races and, uh, you know, and Leadville's it's got some politics there that I'm not a huge fan of and stuff like that. But as far as the race itself in the town of Leadville, the spirit of the race, um, you know, going to the gym the night before the race and everyone's chanting, I commit, I will not quit. Like just always gives me goosebumps. I love everything about Leadville. And so, yeah. So, I mean, that course is a 50 mile out and back and uh, it's brutal, man. It's brutal. Uh, there's two big climbs each direction, Sugarloaf Pass and Hope Pass. In between, there's plenty of rolling hills and a little bit of road stretch, but uh, it's just a beautiful course and uh, I absolutely love it. And I, I love everything about that race. Yeah. But actually going back a little bit, I'll tell you a quick story. So um, when I was climbing all the 14ers, I was uh, sl uh, sleeping in my truck in Leadville. And at the time, I'd never heard of Leadville. And I came across Leadville just like, this is a really, really cool town. Like, I love this place. And as I'm doing all these 14ers, I kept coming back to Leadville just going, man, this town is so cool. And then one day I was camping out in the woods and I was going to climb Mount Massive the next day. Yeah. And I woke up in my truck and it was just like pouring rain and thunderstorming. And I'm just like, well, I'm not going to go climb Massive in this. I'm just going to go into town for breakfast. So I'm driving into town and I see hundreds of runners going up into the mountains and like into this thunderstorm, right? Like, like skinny augmented women and old men and fit athletes all together. And I'm just like, what is going on? Like, this is crazy. And I went into town and asked and they're like, Oh yeah, today's a lead bill 100. Yeah. And I never heard of it. I thought you gotta be kidding me a hundred miles out there in the rain and stuff. Like people are nuts. And so, you know, again, that just stuck in my head for, I think it took me probably four years before I finally signed up for the race and did it. Yeah. And uh, yeah, man, it's my favorite. Oh, dude. It's, I mean, it sounds incredible. I'm surprised I've been out here for however many years, five or six years at this point, And I've never gone for that weekend. Oh, you know? dude, you got to sign up. I know. I know. I will at some point. Yeah. Nothing dude. else. Come out and pace with us. Yeah, man. Maybe. Yeah, for sure. It's, it just seems like, it's, you know, it's, it's the one you hear about first. Like it's yeah. the one I heard about first, hands down, yeah. like was the letter yeah. hundred. Yeah. And the town's just great. I guess, like similar story kind of we me and some friends went and climbed massive and elbert one weekend and this was before i moved out here and stuff and you know how you are after 14 or dude your head is pounding you're just <laughs> you're out of it you're kind of out of it we didn't i didn't know how to like eat properly at the time sure. so yeah we're hungry and we just go in without noticing anything and we just sit down at that at that place with pies i can't remember what it's called it's like the burrow golden burrow or something oh yeah yeah gotcha. and we're ordering pies and all of a sudden there's like an old-timey western gunfight in the middle of the street what and, and we're just like what is going on right now like what is happening and we didn't <laughs> realize it was the uh it was their like you know city 
it was like the boom days or whatever. Okay. And like so the they were days or something. Yeah. They were reenacting all these things. Okay. And we're like, what is, is what, should we be running right now? Like, what is happening? <laughs> they're like, no, 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 no. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Now we're just in the coolest town in the world. <laughs> yeah. We're just in like, seriously, it's, it's, it is really cool. And you just walk around and you're just seeing like, these crazy athletes who are just yeah. molded by the mountains and you're totally. like, Whoa, your calves are gigantic. <laughs> <laughs> no kidding. And you're so tan. Like how much time do you spend outdoors? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, okay. So man, okay. So real quick, just as like, as a athlete and a competitor and like a runner yourself, what's, what's been a, an experience you've had or a race that you've, been able to run that has just been something that was kind of like like kind of just blew your mind you know um a bunch of them but if i had to narrow it down to one i would probably say it was the second time i ran cattle moraine so i'd been living in colorado for a little while and i thought that i'd be hot shit if i went back to wisconsin (laughs) to sea level and like went and tore up this race right so i had all these big plans like oh i'm gonna be the guy and yeah so it didn't quite work out that way like i went back and went out way too hard and suffered suffered pretty hard and uh at that particular race uh I was having bad, bad stomach problems. And I threw up for the last 60 miles of the race, like couldn't even get down water. I was just throwing up everything, but I had the most phenomenal pacers and they pushed me into the fastest hundred I've still done to this day. It was, it was sub 20 hours. Wow. And like I said, I was destroyed at like mile 40. I couldn't keep anything down and somehow or another, my pacers got me through and, uh, that was just really eye-opening to me because I didn't know I could dig to that level. You know, that was a new level for me. Like this was beyond finishing a hundred miles. This was like, I'm willing to go into the hospital today if I have to, like, I'm going to push this thing as hard as I can. Like my, my motto for that race was PR or ER. <laughs> like, I don't even care if I go to the hospital, I'm going to dig, I'm going to give it everything. And, uh, so I finished the race and, um, yeah, man, I just walked away from that. And even my, my pacer at the time, his name is Ryan Dexter. And he, he, he'd always tell me, he's like, you have this new gear now. You yeah. didn't know you had that gear and you have this new gear now. And so that always stuck with me. And that was probably one of the more pivotal races for me. Yeah. Dang, man. That's, that's crazy. That should be a t-shirt by the way. <laughs> P-R-E-R. Yeah. I don't recommend it to anybody, but I love it. I love it and respect it at the same time, you know? Um, Well, it's cool. Like going from that experience to now, you know, putting together big things, crewing, like it's that even hearing about that experience kind of makes it kind of obvious. Like this guy had a great experience with a crew and, Mm. and with the community and he just kind of wanted to be involved with this as much as he can. So, um, so now from the crewing perspective, mm-hmm. you've gone to like all the big time races out here in Colorado, but kind of like all, all kind of all over the place seemingly. Mm-hmm. Um, can you kind of just like, tell us like what races you've been a part of this summer and like, or even I guess last summer, probably not so much, but, yeah. but like what, what have those experiences been like from that perspective? Yeah, man. They've been really just a lot of fun. It's been more fun than anything else. You know, um, 
so yeah, obviously all the races last year were canceled except for uh, the human potential races. So um, we got, we got tied in with that race director, John LaCroix, and he's been, you know, he's a controversial figure in the ultra world, but he's always been really kind to us. And uh, so we helped out at a bunch of his races last year. And then we got in with, um, you know, the desert rats folks, of, of course. And, uh, you know, we helped out with some of their races and, but really as far as this year goes, everything's still coming up for us. Yeah. Um, I, I paced the guy at silver heels 100 a few weeks ago for about 48 miles but um, Leadville is is like the Super Bowl for us. You know, that is the one that's drawing people from out of state that don't necessarily know people here that are that are looking for us to come and, and help them. And, you know, it's like somebody from Texas is, is they signing up for Leadville and they just almost have no idea what they're getting into. Like, yeah. even if they've done a hundred miler before, it's like, you know, it goes up so high and they just don't know how their body's going to react to the elevation. So, um, yeah, Leadville is going to be the big one for us. So what do you tell someone like that from Texas where it's like, Hey, or even anywhere that's not Leadville, Colorado. Cause dude, I feel it, man. If I go up into the mountains, like I'll have a headache for a couple of days you know? <laughs> and we're at fifth, whatever, 5,000 feet here. Yeah. So like, what do you tell someone like that to like prepare them for what, what is a possibility, which is altitude sickness? Yeah. Well, some folks are calling us and they just want a pacer, right? Yeah. Like I, I'm signed up for Leadville. I don't need to coach or anything. I yeah. just want a pacer. So I don't really feel like it's my business to butt in and, and tell them like, you should be doing this and this. <laughs> but if people ask for my advice or yeah. some of my coaching clients, like for instance, I've got a guy in uh, Nashville that he called me up and he's like, dude, I just started running six months ago and, si and I just signed up for Leadville. Can you help me? And I'm like, dude that's a tall order, but I love you, man. You are awesome. Like, and you know, I just sat, sat him down and had a long talk with him. I'm like, dude, like this might not be possible. This, yeah. you know, this might be a little mm. bit out of reach, but I can throw everything I've got at you. We can train as hard as we can and, and we can do our best. And, um, you know, I always tell my, my coaching clients, like we want to go to hell before the race. You know, we want to go to hell several times, like in the training, we want the training to be so hard that by the time we're tapered and rested and make it to the starting line, this is just a celebration of all the training. Like yeah. it almost doesn't matter what happens, man. We made it to the start line healthy. Like, yeah, let's just go out and have fun. Yeah, man. What do you, what do you like get out of the experience of helping somebody out or like, you know, what lessons have you learned by watching these people push through? Uh, I mean, in a way it feels like service to me, like just helping other people um, and being there for people like this whole ultra marathon thing. It's still kind of a new sport, but I feel like I have just enough knowledge to be able to pass on to these newer folks that are coming into the sport. A yeah. lot of people are transitioning over from marathon and triathlon and stuff. And so, um, for me, it just feels really good just to pass on this, like I said, this weird little knowledge that I have, like, yeah. I can pretty much take a look at someone at mile 70 or 80, talk to them for, you know, probably less than five minutes and figure out what it is they're going to need to keep them going. You know, what have you been doing? What have you been eating? Where's electrolytes? Like, let's talk about everything real quick. Oh, you're probably missing that component. Like yeah. if we do that and you have a partner marching with you, we can go out there and get this thing done. So, um, 
Yeah, it just depends on the situation. Like everybody's a little bit different. And as you know, with altitude sickness, everyone, it's, it affects everyone a little differently. Yeah. Like some folks get headaches, some folks puke. So um, everybody's just a little different. And so it, it's just a matter of uh, going out there and just rolling with the punches. Like whatever the day brings, you almost have to be ready for it. You know, um, is the runner like chasing cutoff times or is this an elite runner that's blowing up too early in the race? You know, like it, it's all situational. But yeah. like I said, um, I feel like I've got like just enough just enough to help people out a little bit. So yeah, man. Well, even like people who have experience when you're in the midst of one of these things, your brain, like you, I swear you stop sending calories to your brain. I don't know if that's true. There's no (laughs) science to back that up, but I'm like, your brain just stops working at a certain point and you just stop thinking, which is nice because you can just go on mindless mode. But it's also hard because then you might miss something like I got to eat or I got to, I didn't, you know, drink enough water in the last five miles or whatever, you know, you just kind of forget, you know, you know, I've also noticed at altitude, I think I make decisions that I wouldn't necessarily make if I wasn't high up in altitude. Like if I'm up at 13 or 14,000 feet and I've been going for hours and hours and hours and I'm dying tired. Yeah. And especially if it's like in the middle of the night, I'm just like, man, it looks really comfy down in town. Like I can see the lights down there. Like I could just go down there and take a little nap, you know, and it's almost like I make decisions I wouldn't rationally make, you know, I don't know if there's any truth to that either, but it it seems like it. I do want to ask too, before, like to, to kind of somewhat wrap up is you started this podcast, do big things. Um, I just want to hear about that experience. Cause obviously we're interested in a lot of the same stuff. I was laughing the other day because, uh, I interviewed Terry Miller Yeah, and he was at the, after I interviewed him, he's like, yeah, man, I've been on th- like three podcasts this week. I'm like, oh, no way. And I was like, which ones? And he goes, do the do big things. I'm like, oh, I, I just met that guy. Uh, but uh. And by the way, I think that you captured uh, everything he did out at Hard Rock better than me, man. So congrats. I, I really dug your version of it. <laughs> oh, man. No, it's always interesting, though, because like, you know, you hear someone else's perspective. I always try if it's if I'm interviewing someone who has been on other podcasts, I try not to listen to them first, you know, because I don't want it to like mess up what I'm interested in. Yeah. But I always listen to him afterwards and it's always fascinating to me. I'm like, oh no way. Like that's a cool perspective. Like I never would have like focused on that or asked that question or whatever, you know, it's and it's just different personalities that you get. Yeah. But I want to hear like what what brought you to starting this podcast and and what have you kind of learned from the experience so far? For sure, man. And I'd like to talk to you about it too because you've got like more than twice the episodes I have, you're on like number 200 something. So you've been doing this longer than I have. It's for me, it was just like a, a fun side project. Um, when I stayed at home with my kids for a okay. year, I was okay. like, I need something. Uh, I need something that's not just dad mode. I was stay at home dad for one year, wow. took a year off of teaching when my middle kid was just born and I was like, and then I, it was one of those ultra runner thing, kind of mentality things where I'm like, I'm just going to make the commitment to do one a week mm. for a year and see what happens. And then it's just fun, dude. I don't know how else to describe yes. it. Like at the end of the day, it's like, it's just fun to do. I like talking yeah. to people about stuff. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, for me, um, 
so we, we had started our business and then COVID hit. And so yeah. we're like, okay, well, what's mm-hmm. going to happen? Like everything's shut down. Pretty much all of our plans are out the window. And so I just wanted to um, start something where I could stay connected to other runners. Um, I wanted to, so I started a podcast and, and, you know, I wanted to connect with not only elite runners, but back of the pack runners, mid pack runners, and a bunch of my old friends, old yeah. ultra running friends that I know had cool stories that weren't really out there. And so honestly, I never wanted to be a podcast host. Like I'm a pretty introverted dude. It was way outside of my comfort zone. And I just thought, well, if we're talking about doing big things, like I suck at public speaking, Uh, I'm not comfortable. Like I don't, I hardly ever even talk on the phone. Like I'll text people, but I'm even uncomfortable talking on the phone. So I just thought, well, let's throw chips to the wind and start a podcast. And I'm sure that it's going to suck. Like maybe I'll learn how to communicate a little bit better. And, uh, yeah. In the meantime, it's just been an absolute blast. Like I've yeah. met some of the coolest people, many of which are, are still friends of mine. And, uh, it's, it's been just a huge blessing in my life, like a blessing in disguise. Like I, I really had no expectations, didn't know where it was going to go. Still don't know if I'm just going to, if I'm going to keep it up forever, maybe I'll stop at, I don't know, hundred episodes, couple hundred episodes. Maybe I'll keep it going. But uh, keep it going, man. I'm going to be a peer pressurer right now. Okay. Going, keep going. (laughs) Dude, because here's the, from my experience, like you don't know what's going to come from, from it. And at the end of the day, if, if what came from it was you had a really cool conversation, you like made a, like you connected with another person about something you both are interested in. Like that's like awesome. And that happens every single time, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But but then you're also like, what weird opportunities are going to come my way? You know, it's true. Yeah. And like you just never know. It's weird. It's crazy. Yeah. It's true. I mean, you're just putting yourself out there, you know, talking to another individual can't necessarily be a bad thing. You know, you're, you're trying to crack each other's heads a little bit and have real conversation. Yeah. And, um, yeah, man, I just enjoy it. And yeah, who knows what'll, what'll come of it, but, uh, I'm having a blast with it so far. So yeah, I'll, I'll keep it fun. up for a little while. No, I'm, really enjoying, I'm enjoying your episodes, dude. Like I, and it's obvious, like, that you have a really big passion, not just for the sport of ultra running or the experience, but like the community itself. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. No, I love the community. That's the biggest, that's the biggest draw for people when they're entering the ultra world is the community. I mean, you ask people what hooked them in and it's almost always the camaraderie, the community, everyone was so friendly. I fell down Four people picked me up, Yeah, you know? So, um, it's just such a cool sport and, um, yeah. So it's hard not to be a part of almost. Yeah. And a lot of times you're being like, when you view the other people you're running with, you're like, wow, like these, like everybody out here is a character in their own ways. You know, <laughs> like you're like these guys, I'm fascinated by everybody out here. right Totally. Now. Crazy. Totally. Yeah. Sometimes <laughs> you just get some little gem interviews and it's like, man, like my, this is a life changer. This is a game changer right here. Just talking to this person and hearing this little thing, like, this is huge. So, yeah, you yeah. get those gyms and then you can apply them. It's awesome. But what um just if people are interested in diving in and I know I've I hate this question and I'm going to ask it <laughs> because I'm like the guy who's just like every everyone's my favorite. Like they're like <laughs> my students are like who's your favorite class? I'm like I love all my classes equally. But I have to say like if people want to dive in to the do big things podcast like is there 
an episode or a couple episodes that you would recommend as like a good launching point? Um, sure. Um, so I interviewed uh, the winner of the Coca Dona 250, Michael Vierstig, and uh, he's uh, a super, super cool guy, but kind of an odd cat. And I say that in the best way. Um, you know, all my friends are odd cats. Like I, I collect <laughs> odd cats. Right. And, uh, so, but this guy was just, uh, it was a really unique interview. I thought, and I don't think he does tons of interviews. So I, I really enjoyed that one. Um, one of my earlier episodes, I had a conversation with a guy named Alex Berenson and, uh, I didn't know the guy. I knew that he had just run the Moab 240 and that was really all I knew about him. And so uh, I had him on the show and he just opened up about all kinds of stuff like, you know, some real struggles that he has with addiction and, and other struggles in his life. Oops, did I lose you? Oh, no, I, I'm here. Oh, no. oh I'm here. <laughs> Shoot. Um. Oh man. Hello. Oh, you're kind of back. You're back. All right. Okay. I'm back. This will be, dude, you're going to listen back and you're like, Whoa, no one would ever know. But honestly, <laughs> nice. I don't, I don't edit many of them, honestly, but, okay. um, yeah. So Alec Bierenstein. Yeah. Alex Bierenstein. Um, yeah, it was just one of those conversations I didn't have like a whole lot of expectations for. I think some, sometimes those are the best ones, like a conversation you you're like, okay, this guy did this race. I know nothing about him. You know, like I'll usually do a little bit of research on the person, but I think sometimes it's better if you just yeah. do a little, you know, yeah. and then you let the conversation go wherever. And this guy opened up to me about all kinds of stuff, like substance abuse problems and just like problems that he had with, you know, growing up in this Mormon religion. And it was just a really touching interview. And I just, like I said, I didn't know this guy and he opened up and just kind of bared his soul and told me all this stuff. And it was just really meaningful, I guess, to me and, and to other people. And, you know, I got some messages on that one. So, I mean, those are a couple of good ones. Um, yeah. Let's see. A couple of the latest ones. I had the winner of the Western state, the female winner of the Western States on recently. And, um, and then, uh, yeah, we both had Terry Miller on. He was the very last person <laughs> yeah. DFL at Hard Rock 100 this year. So, you know, I just like hearing all kinds of people's perspective. And, you know, it doesn't, and I, I'm, I, it's mostly a running podcast, but do big things for me means anything and everything. Like yeah. if you want to walk around the block or lose some weight or start kayaking or whatever, like I want to hear about it. Like what, what drove you to this? Yeah, man. So I'm just interviewing just whoever sounds cool. Like, you know, sometimes I get these emails, you probably get them too. It's like, you can sign up for this little thing. And then the, the, um, they'll introduce you to all kinds of other people who run podcasts and you can have each other as guests on to promote yeah. cross promote. And I'm just like, I don't know, man, I'm having fun just finding cool weirdos Dude. from Facebook and Instagram <laughs> and you hit them up and, and almost everyone's down to talk. So that's the thing, man. I know it's like, I, you, most people, if you ask, if you're like, Hey, do you want to come just chat about something you're passionate about that's really cool they're like sure and you're like cool. of course yeah let's go yeah for sure <laughs> yeah you don't need that if you're starting a podcast you don't need all the i'll connect you and all those all no those no yeah. just go have fun interview whoever you're interested in yeah so how long ago did you start yours though so a i'm years? almost it's almost five years in fact i I'll, I'm not sure when I'm putting this one out, but it's like sometime in September, I think is okay. five years, which okay. is wild to even think about. Wow. 
but yeah, yeah so it's it's what's, just been fun the whole time though you know what's your experience been like have you met like a lot of cool people that you're still friends with yeah i mean yeah it's it's hard to even put into words but the whole yeah. film going out and filming desert ads like that happened directly because of the podcast uh, like i could go back okay. and make all those connections but then also mm-hmm. i have to say like when you interview just someone you haven't talked to for a while like a friend that you haven't seen in a while it's yeah. that's yeah. just as fun as interviewing like a big time you know athlete you know it's yeah. just you're like whoa we haven't spoke for a while i have an excuse to talk yeah. to you for an hour where we're not gonna have any distractions and it's just like a really cool reason to catch up yeah yeah, and those those podcasts are great vibes too because you have a connection with this person. You spent time with them, even if it was yeah. ten years ago. You did a bunch of crazy stuff together, and you can rehash yeah. all those memories. And nah, it's always fun, man. Yeah, dude, I love it, dude. I'm glad you're doing it, man. Where uh, where can people kind of like follow the journey or jump on big things crewing or or anything like that? Yeah, so our website is big dash things dash crewing dot com. Um. We're on Instagram as Big Things Crewing, uh, Facebook, and uh, the Do Big Things podcast is pretty much everywhere. Stitcher, nice. Spotify, Apple. I think it's just about everywhere. Heck yeah, yeah. dude. Well, it's hey, man. everywhere. Let's go on a run soon, dude. Dude, I would love to. I really, really want to. So yeah, we're definitely going to have to make this happen. Uh, obviously, this the next couple of weeks are kind of busy for me, just like <laughs> with Leadville and everything that's coming yeah. up. But dude, I want to. And, and when we were talking about putting this podcast together, we were going to go for a run beforehand and do it in person. Yeah. And I apologize that now we're just doing a Zoom cast. Hey man, that's going to be round two. We'll do round two. It's- well, I'm going to have you on mine too. And I don't <laughs> know if I good. have to... I don't know if I have to wait for your movie to come out before I can have you on, but uh, I just can't have spoil you on. anything. No spoilers. Yeah. So okay, okay. Yeah. <laughs> maybe I'll wait till you can give us a couple spoilers. Hell yeah, yeah, dude, uh, for sure, for sure. But <laughs> awesome, man. Well, Adam, we'll uh, we'll catch up with you soon. For sure. Thanks, man. I appreciate you having me on. It's yeah. fantastic and great connecting with you, dude. Yeah. That wraps up this week's episode of like a bigfoot podcast uh thank you so much adam dude that was super fun uh really enjoyed talking with you really enjoyed kind of picking your brain uh about all sorts of that was kind of like a variety of different things there uh but super awesome um check out his podcast it's called the do big things podcast he released an episode this week that is awesome it's all about the fkt for the highest hundred in colorado with andrew hamilton and Andrea Sansone. Uh, it is so cool. Like, what an awesome event. Um, so that would be a good one to start with. I know he's shared a couple to listen to as well. So go on, check him out, support his show. Uh, he's a good dude. So um, yeah, I'm a, I'm a fan though. I like, I like listening to that podcast. Um, also, I got to say, like, there's been a bunch of running podcasts lately that have had some really, really inspiring guests. Um if you want to kind of follow that, it robs training for ultra, um, Kip Chogion, which was so, I mean, mind blowing dude, like the fastest dude in the marathon ever, like just mind blowing. Um, and then the adventure jogger this week had Anton on after Leadville. And I have to say this guys, um, I spent all last weekend looking at everyone's all these posts from Leadville, uh, the Leadville 100 and that event looks so cool. Um, I have to get out there next year somehow. Um, it looked really, really 
just it was so inspiring to see how many people were taking that on seeing people from the front of the pack to the back of the pack to people who uh you know gave it their all out of there and and for various reasons had to drop to people who you know were able to to get the finish in towards the end like dude it was it was so cool um and i know adam you know what he kind of promotes i guess this is something i i just found inspiring like he's all about doing big things right and i think that's gonna look different for everybody like what is your big thing that you want to do um it's something that changes with seasons of life and you know your big thing right now might be different next year right like you might set a different goal next year um but i do think it's important to just have that thing on the horizon that goal to have on the horizon that can kind of drive you forward bring you passion about life and all of that and sometimes big things are these huge things that we see about on instagram or social media and stuff where it's like the leadville 100 seemingly like you know obviously i have a <laughs> i have an instagram that's very much like outdoors and running and stuff so like i was like whoa this is crazy and you know i was like wow what an amazing like it almost was like the fear of missing out i'm like dude i'm totally missing out on this right now um so sometimes that could be your big thing right like these huge huge deals huge uh endurance races but for me right now i was thinking about this i'm like dude my big thing right now is just getting back into like a regular routine of life uh i'm a teacher who just finished summer break who is starting a new school year who has three little kids and i have to say this like this week has been the busiest week in months for me like hands down i'm fitting this intro and outro in right now uh in like the free 20 minutes i have <laughs> of the day the only free 20 minutes i have today um and you know it's it can be overwhelming and stressful as you're like getting used to a new routine so i guess what i want to say is like sometimes the big thing that you're doing in that moment is is doing your best to stay present and and stay focused on completing your day-to-day -day. and i think that is just as worthy um as you know going out and competing in like a huge event you've trained for all year long you know what i mean like sometimes that's your big thing and sometimes your big thing is is trying to stay positive through kind of the hecticness and chaosness of life and I don't know maybe I'm giving myself a pep talk right now because like I said this week was definitely uh a bit overwhelming for sure um and I know like logically because I've done this this is my 10th year teaching I'm like dude I know that in a month I'll be in the flow of things and it'll be no big deal um but but this week for whatever reason has just felt like a lot uh on my shoulders and so I'm like you know I'm like oh man I hope this is like you know I'm hope I'm doing my best and I just I you know you don't know if you're doing your best uh it's not like an ultra marathon where you get a finish time and or you finished a certain distance it's like 
there's not a lot of feedback as to whether or not you're you're doing good but i'm here to tell you guys like if you're staying positive and you you're still striving towards certain things but at you're in the time of your life or the season of life where you're just kind of like trying to hold on because you know things got busy again uh you're doing awesome you're doing great things as well so um so yeah uh but i also think this and this is why i really enjoyed meeting adam because i i had followed his podcast and and listened to episodes um and then i got to meet him this summer and it was so cool because i was like oh yeah dude this is the do big things guy and like i just i one i love the title because like yeah, go out and do big things. Um, but two, I just, I enjoy that he supports others in their kind of mission. Um, you know, I, I always think my, my purpose in life is to spread goodness. And I think Adam's really out there doing that. And I think we align on so many different levels when it, when it comes to that. Um, and, you know, I, and I've learned this cause I've tried it. I've tried to bootstrap and just do it all myself. You know, like you're just like, no, I'm going to bootstrap it. I'm going to do it myself. I'm tough. I'm tough enough to do it. But fact of the matter is a lot of times in life as in ultra marathons or as in endurance races, like you need, you need to support others, right? Like he does big things crewing. He helps people do big things. And sometimes in life, you just can't bootstrap it. Sometimes in an ultra marathon, you need a friend to force feed you <laughs> or a friend to uh, to kick you out of the chair and tell you to keep going, right? Like sometimes you just need that and you need to, it's not like, it's not weakness to rely on other people. Sometimes you need those other people to kind of push you forward and, and help you reach your goal. And I think um, helping people kind of, strive for their full potential is super honorable so in that sense like what adam's doing is is really 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 cool to me so uh yeah thanks dude let's go for a run sometime if you're still listening buddy um so yeah that's it uh we're gonna wrap up the episode this week um like i said life's busy i've recorded a few episodes already so until i get into the groove of things and then I'll start kind of adding some guests from there. So next week uh, will be really, really cool. We're going to sit down. We're going to chat with Alyssa Clark. She's the winner of the Ure 100. Um, it's an awesome conversation. She's preparing for Tour de Jeanse, uh, which is like a crazy, 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 crazy mountain 200 miler um, that's coming up soon. So uh, yeah, that's it, guys. Uh, we'll talk to you next week.